All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of uh, Mr. Grainy's Global Podcast. So, as you can tell from the music, uh, we have returned. Um, I know it's been a little bit uh, since we have last spoken, but um, we have been uh, working on projects in class and we took a small break from our normal routine. But uh, today we are going to get back to our regularly scheduled program. And uh, today we are switching our focus to classical China. In an early episode, we covered uh, the Shang Dynasty. Uh, and in that episode, we covered the Zhou Dynasty as well. Uh, and to begin the episode, we are going to do a quick overview of the Zhou and the Warring States period in China because uh, we need to recall that content to fully understand how the belief systems um, of Confucianism and Taoism developed in China. All right. Um, and then along with that, we also are going to be talking about um, the political theory of legalism. All right. So here we go now. If you remember, and if you don't, I'm going to tell you anyways, the Zhou overthrew the Shang around 1027 BCE. The Zhou dynasty lasted for about eight centuries, and for the first 300 years, the Zhou kings controlled a large empire. And basically what happened is that local rulers reported to the kings who had the ultimate power. However... In, the year, in later years of the Zhou dynasty, the local rulers, calling themselves lords, began to claim their own land and declared themselves king of those lands. Now, this resulted in constant fighting between the lords and the kings and led to what is called the Warring States period. Now, this is eventually going to lead to the collapse of traditional values in China, like love of order, harmony, and respect for authority. These values had been replaced by bloodshed, chaos, and defiance. And in order to restore the traditional values in China, Chinese scholars developed different solutions to do this. Now, we're going to talk about two belief systems that sought to do this, all right? And we will focus on Confucianism and Taoism. All right. And then in addition to these two, we uh, will also look at a completely different idea called legalism uh, that was developed by political thinkers. And as you will see, all right, in all three of these things, the ideas, all right, in Confucianism and Taoism are completely opposite to what legalism is. However, they all had the same goal in mind, and that was to restore order, order to China. All right, so let's start with Confucianism. Before we get into the facts and details, let's first talk about what Confucianism actually is. Confucianism is called a belief system. A belief system is a set of principles which together form the basis of a religion, philosophy, or moral code. This means that belief systems can include religions or they can include ideas like philosophies or moral codes that are usually developed by a person in which people follow. China's most influential scholar was Confucius. He was born in 551 BCE, and Confucius lived in a time when the Zhou dynasty was in decline. 
He led a scholarly life, studying and teaching history, music, and moral character. Confucius was born at a time when uh, there was crisis and violence in China. But he had a deep desire to restore the order and moral living of earlier times to his society. Confucius believed that social order, harmony, and good government could be restored in China if society were organized around what is called the five basic relationships. Okay, so now we're going to go through what those five basic relationships are. And the first one is ruler and subject. The second one is father and son. The third one is husband and wife. The fourth one is older brother and younger brother. And number five is friend and friend. Okay. Now, a code of proper conduct regulated each of these relationships. All right. So, for example, rulers should practice kindness and virtuous, virtuous living. And in return, subjects should be loyal and law abiding. All right. And so when we talk about these relationships, all right, the person who we mentioned first, all right, is really going to be the one who is the more, more important in that relationship. Okay, so if we talk about ruler and subject, then that means the ruler is more important. If we talk about father and son, it means the father is more important. If we talk about husband and wife, it means the husband is more important. And if we talk about older brother and younger brother, we talk about the older brother being more important. And what we also talk about is everybody who is mentioned second should be giving respect to who we mentioned first. Now, the only one that's really equal is the last one, number five, which is friend and friend. Now, uh, three of Confucius's five relationships were based upon the family. Confucius stressed that children should practice what is called filial piety or respect for their parents and ancestors. Filial piety, according to Confucius, meant devoting oneself to one's parents during their lifetimes. It also required honoring their memories after death through the performance of certain rituals. Confucius expressed his thoughts on filial piety by saying, and I quote, Nowadays, people think they are dutiful sons when they feed their parents. Yet they also feed their dogs and horses. Unless there is respect, where is the difference? After a brief stint as the Minister of Justice, Confucius spent the remainder of his life as a teacher. His teachings were collected by his students and disciples, and they were compiled into a book called The Analects. Now, in addition to teaching about family values, Confucius also taught about the government. Confucius said that education could transform a humbly born person into a gentleman. He laid the groundwork for the creation of what we call um, a bureaucracy, or in this instance, we're going to focus on and call it a trained civil service. And that means, all right, those who run the government. Now, education became critically important to career advancement in the bureaucracy or in the civil service. Okay. So basically, in Confucius's idea, if you wanted to be part of the government of China, then you needed to get an education and you needed to be trained as part of the civil service, which would run the government. 
Now, this idea um, became the foundation for Chinese government and social order. Now, Confucianism was never a religion, okay? But it is still considered a belief system because it is an ethical system. And it is a system based on accepted principles of right and wrong. In addition, the ideas of Confucius spread beyond China and influenced civilizations throughout East Asia. All right, now let's move on to our next belief system, okay? Um, Our next belief system is what we call Taoism or Taoism, okay? And we're going to refer to it as Taoism. You could see it spelled D-A-O-I-S-M, which is Taoism, or you could see it spelled T-A-O-I-S-M, which is Taoism. So Taoism focused mainly on the connection with nature, all right? And Taoism is a belief system that was founded by Lao Tzu, all right, in China in the 6th century, which would be about in the 500s BCE. Now, Taoism's secret text is called the Tao Te Ching, and supposedly it contains the teachings of Lao Tzu, all right? Now, Taoists believe that we should strive to establish peace and harmony with nature. Taoists believe that this peace and harmony can be achieved through a few things, okay? Uh, The first is the pursuit of spiritual immortality, then being virtuous, having self-development, meditating, feng shui, fortune-telling, and reading and chanting scriptures. Now, one of the symbols of Taoism that you may be familiar with is the yin and the yang symbol, okay? It represents the idea that while there are opposing forces in the world, light and dark, good and evil, they work together to balance the world in harmony, and each side has aspects of the other within it. Okay, so you've seen that symbol, right? Okay, um, one side is, is black, the other side is white, and then the black side has like a little tiny white dot in it, and then the white side has a little tiny black dot in it, all right? Um, and those are, are meant to represent light and dark and good and evil. All right, so lastly, we are going to move on to the last way in which the Chinese tried to restore order in China. And this is completely opposite of Confucianism and Taoism. All right, this last way is what we call legalism. Legalists believe that a high, highly efficient and powerful government was the key to restoring order in society. They got their name from their belief that the government should use the law to end civil disorder and restore harmony. Han Faizi and Li Si were among the founders of legalism. The legalists taught that a ruler should provide rich rewards for people who carried out their duties well. Likewise, the disobedient should be harshly punished. And in practice, the legalists stressed punishment more than rewards. For example, anyone caught outside his own village without a travel permit should have his ears or nose chopped off. The legalists believed in controlling ideas as well as actions. They suggested that a ruler burn all writings that might encourage people to criticize the government. And after all, it was for a prince to govern and the people to obey. Now, eventually, 
Legalist ideas gained favor with a prince of a new dynasty that replaced the Zhou. And that powerful ruler would soon bring order to China. And he is who we're going to be talking about on our next episode. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us again.